Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Farm Lab Forum. Uh, thanks for stri uh, streaming live with us on Facebook right now. Uh, we've got really special guests today, all, uh, all lunchtime long for this Farm Lab Forum Friday. And uh, for the beginning of this, we really want to dig in uh, with our main man, Jake, here. Jake from Farm Labs. A lot of people have been calling the Farm Labs, talking to Jake, uh, saying, who, who am I talking to? Uh, and we want to put a face to the name here and kind of give him a, give him a couple questions. So before we really uh, start, Jake, you want to just give a, a, a few minutes about yourself, uh, you know, yeah. what, what you got going on and, you know, just a little bit of background. Yeah, absolutely. I think we'll get in deeper on the lab specifically here in a couple minutes, but just me in general, um, live in Dallas, Texas um, with, uh, grew up in Oklahoma, um, attended the university of Kansas and, found my way into the hemp industry a little more than maybe two years ago. And I'm excited about what is going on down here in Texas. Um, feel like just my own personal opinion, there's a, a large industry that's kind of creating itself, if you will, and, and launching here in Texas right in front of our eyes. So excited about all that. Um, yeah, I have lived in Dallas for about 10 years. Um, I'm actually at the lab currently, and we are, you know, 90% of the way finished. A lot of delivery is still coming in with different hardware, different equipment, um, um, finalizing our, our employees. We've got some training going on today. So, yeah, um, that's, that's it for the most part. I've got a, a business partner that's in the room here. He's kind of the operations guy with the lab. Um, I'll just screen shoot over. There we go. All day. Yeah, there we go, Bowman. There he is. But uh, we are, we're in the conference room today. Now I'm, I may here in a minute take a really quick tour of the lab. But yeah, as my background, that's that's it for the most part. If you if anybody wants to know more, they can certainly certainly yeah. ask. Yeah, they can call Jake from Farm Labs. I didn't know we were going to get the tour of the lab. We would have promoted, uh, you know, Farm Lab Forward, uh, Farm Lab Forum Lab Tour. But uh, oh, that's do that anytime. Yeah. That's nice, man. I know we got we got Andy here too. I know we're going to get to his questions a little bit later. You want to say uh, you want to say hello, Andy? This is live right there. What's up? Uh, yeah, I uh, just follow up on a little bit what of what Jake said. You know, uh, he uh, he and I met a long, long time ago. And uh, what's up, Bowman? How are you, man? <laughs> and uh, he. Uh, he kind of uh, he, he he kind of reached out to me a few years ago and and said, hey, you know, uh, this is what I'm looking at. And oddly enough, I said, well, yeah, that's kind of what we're looking at. And, and we were already in the space, so uh, we uh, you know we we are customers of Farm Labs, and uh, we have used a lot of labs throughout the whole country. And uh, when we dive off into it, we'll talk a little bit about that experience. But uh, you know, testing is really 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 important, and uh, it's important for for many many reasons. Uh, R&D uh, is only one reason and, and safety of the patients is only one. There's, there's multiple others along the way too. So uh, look forward to chatting with everybody today. And that's, uh, that's, that's good. I love, uh, I love the background. I love the camaraderie too. It's cool to see, uh, it's cool to see friends from a while. Again, I mean, when y'all were friends a long time ago, I mean, there was no uh, thought hemp would be legal. You know, there's no, there was really no, no, no insight there, but uh, going back to Jake a little bit, you know, I know you touched on, you know, wanting to be in the new industry, but what, what do you think led you here? What do you think led you to the hemp industry? Well, I'm Andy Stewart, one in general, but uh, I 
found my way into this. I was asked by um, Andy and a couple of his colleagues to do some branding, if you will, and help them with some apparel and some different things like that based around the, you know, the hemp industry that they were in in different states. And the more I worked with them, the more I, you know, continued my relationship with Andy Stewart that we've developed long 25 years ago in college. But uh, I realized that Andy was needing my help for some apparel and some branding, but he was really uh, finding his way into the cannabis industry and doing more than just what he'll probably tell you about today with testing. Um, he, he had his hand in a lot of things and through him, I got to learn the business from the outside looking in. I still have a lot to learn, but with the last two years, me, me being sort of uh, engulfed in the industry, part of cultivation and um, selling it, extracting it, the processing, all of the different aspects. Um, I just realized that this has a lot of potential. Um, not everyone in the country is on board yet. There's going to be some people dragging their feet, but I do think in the next five, 10 years, hemp, the hemp industry is going to be a very recognized uh, uh, business, if you will, with lots of different facets, different verticals and things. So um, I just grew very fond of what Stuart was doing. The people I've met in the business have been awesome. Everybody's sort of bright eyed and bushy tailed, if you will, excited to be entering this space. It seems that there's tons of potential. I mean, really just barely scratching the surface um, from, you know, farming experts to expert scientists to physicists, all, all sorts of um, just impressive professionals are yeah. joining this industry. And I just, I just thought it was an awesome opportunity and, you know, a chance to maybe make a switch and do something long-term, but get in, get on board, if you will, on, on, on the early stages of the hemp industry. So that's kind of where I found myself now. Who knows what it looks like in five years, but I'm, I'm enjoying the space for sure. and think there's a ton of potential. That's, so. that's cool, man. Yeah, there's so many PhDs here. You know, you go yeah. from talking about, you know, low THC cannabis, cannabis, it's taboo, especially here in Texas. Now, you know, anywhere you look, you have a line of PhDs in different colleges approving studies and, you know, economic development, grants, loans. I mean, the whole nine yards. Uh, yeah. So it's, you know, obviously the federal legalization of hemp has opened us up to a lot, you know, of other... Uh, variables that we can that we can um, you know take advantage of so here's a question you know as I'm wearing my farm labs hat you know talking yeah. about your journey throughout the industry obviously you know an a Stewart down there you had a lot of opportunities to look at different companies and different people you know why did you choose farm labs to partner with to bring to Texas you know and then and then kind of hammering home on why the lab you know because you had a lot of different opportunities from what you and I have talked about behind the scenes you know this wasn't just the first thing you you looked into you you were pretty methodical about who you went with as a brand and, you know, what type of business you were providing. So why farm labs and why the lab? And that's, that's a great question. And yeah, um, I'll, I'll get right into it. Um, with again, my tutorial first, my, my, my front, my front seat um, into watching Andy's experiences, whether they, you know, mostly successful, but there are some pitfalls. Um, I found that, my strength, if you will, was probably not going to be on this, uh, you know, the cultivation side, though I do find that I'm very attracted to that part of it. Um, I just found that maybe my area of expertise could lead to building a good 
network of people building, you know, applying the, my network of people that I've met and bringing them all together and utilizing their knowledge um, and kind of just really build, building a good team. And with what I learned in 18 months, everything in the industry, you know, I'm a little biased, but everything points towards a lab, whether you're growing it, um, harvesting it, processing it, manufacturing it, selling it over the counter, the hemp industry, all arrows point back towards a lab. And with my experience with Andy and my experience with my own project in the last 18 months, lab results are crucial, um, very important. They can keep the farmer on pace with how their crop's doing, but it's also crucial to the success of that year's harvest. It's also crucial to the success of that brand of CBD, whether it's a tincture or a gummy or anything, it all points towards very credible testing. And I think as the state of Texas, myself included, everyone in the industry educates themselves and gains experience, they'll realize that partnering with a lab is extremely important from the, from the onset of the project to, of course, the outcome, whether whatever it may be. Um, well, that takes us to how in the heck is Jake going to start a lab or, or with Andy's recommendations and his, what he sees and how Texas is unrolling the hemp industry in the state, what it, where are the areas of interest that I could focus on and all things again pointed towards a lab. Well, that's a lot easier said than done. Um, I sure I probably could have partnered up with John who here is in the room and, and bought some lab equipment and, you know, rented a space, but that wasn't really going to turn us into a lab. So we partnered up with the farm labs group out of there. They've got 13 different locations, excuse me, 13 years of experience in five plus locations. Um, they've been in this industry for a long time, specifically testing, and they haven't branched out. Um, a lot of uh, people try to maybe do a little too much in this space. We love the way that farm labs just focused on testing and really made that their area of expertise. So, um, we've loved the group to work with. They've given us the insight on how to best launch our lab here in Texas. Um, and they've really kept us on pace and had us tuned into kind of the political climate that's going on in Texas and what the stages of, uh, you know, approval and licensing and all that can be. So we're learning and we joined up with their experience to kind of, you know, add, add some speed or some velocity to to our, you know, our learning process and get this lab open as quickly as possible for this 2020 uh, hemp season. So the farm labs guys have been awesome. They've, you know, Greg was on last time, Bo has been incredible. And all that really came to fruition through Andy Stewart, thank goodness. Hmm. But Greg's been down from San Diego here in Dallas 50% of the time, you know, since we um, kind of joined in and started to locate the right location for the lab, the farm lab got farm labs team have dove in and, and really help us kind of fine tune everything. And we're rocking and rolling now. So we're really glad we went that direction. No, that's good. I really like all the answers. You know, I remember when seeing you guys in Waco and talking about labs. I mean, it's just crazy that things are actually starting to happen, you yeah, know, from, a, from an entrepreneurial, uh, just observer of the industry. I mean, I, I agree with what you're saying about the labs, everything leads to their, you know, the credibility, working with the, with the, the state government agencies. You know, if you're trying to be in the hemp industry, you know, putting, I'm a lab, but here's my address, here's my certificate. I mean, nobody's hiding. And that's what's cool because you do see a lot of folks in hemp. I'm not going to say hiding, but 
you know, what they're doing is still fringe. It's still taboo. I mean, you're out there really front lines with the COA saying, you know, is it weed or is it hemp? We're here. We're here to help. Yeah. We're here to serve. So it's pretty unique, um, you know, from there. So uh, here's, here's an interesting question. We haven't even got to dig in on this because I know everybody has their own personal experiences. But did any of your friends or family give you pushback? Or were they like, what are you doing? You know, because hemp yeah. nugs look just like uh, cannabis nugs. So, <laughs> oh, I, I didn't see that question coming. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've been, I've gotten both sides of the fence. Um, I've got, you know, brothers that entirely support it. I've got some parents that are like, you know, Jake, you are you sure you're, you know, this this is the direction you want to go, and and all of those things. But uh, for the most part, there are going to be skeptics for sure. I was a skeptic, um, um, but when I finally emerged myself into the industry, um, got a lot of experience in the state of Oklahoma, um, I realized that there aren't any like extreme governing bodies in this industry. I think there soon will be, but the sky's the limit. There's tons of potential. Like I said, everybody in this space who I choose to deal with are all very supportive and helpful and want this industry to, to flourish. So I think my, my friends and family that are skeptics, they'll quickly jump on board the way I have and realize that this is hemp's here to stay CBD. You see it, you know, as you're driving down the street or wherever it's, it's kind of a, it's a mainstay right now. It's not going anywhere, but I think the industry itself is only going to grow. And let's be honest, Texas is gigantic. Oh yeah, um, it, It's enormous. So yeah, I'm excited about it, and and you know I, I bring on the skeptics. I think that yeah. their friends and family they'll they'll slowly see that we've done our homework, we've partnered with the right people, we're in a good spot, and we can't wait to help the state of Texas be successful. Um, oh yeah, yeah, uh, it's important. Texas agriculture matters. Shout out. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I mean, we got to get it figured out. One thing we used to say when we were trying to still con you know convince people hemp was a good thing, like late 2017, early 2018. You know, if you're not a patient now, if you don't need CBD now or any different cannabinoids now, you might need it later. You know, if you're if you're 30 now and don't have any aches and pains, you know, wait till you're 65 and oh, yeah. then talk about let's let's keep CBD illegal. So, you know, that's just kind of uh, in joking fun, but really, just in case you don't need it now, you might need it later. And uh, the anecdotal evidence and all the other studies are coming back. You know, pretty much pretty much in the industry's favor so far, from my perspective. I agree. Yeah. Uh, you know, without plugging any specific brands, unless you want to, you know, what's your favorite product to consume or, you know, is there any specific tincture that really, um, you know, any, anything specific, any dosage or. Yeah. You know, I, I won't get too deep into that. Um, I've, I've had some lower back issues. Um, not nothing, you know, to hospitalize or anything like that, but um, some of the topical creams for sure. I've, I've become, you know, I've got a daily regimen with those. Um, I've got some uh, tinctures that I take at night that certainly help me sleep. And I, I believe in it. I'm, I'm fully on board. I think that there's probably a lot of science that still needs to be proven. Um, I'm, I agree with that. But for the most part, if, if it's about health and wellness and mind, I care a lot about that. So sleep and lower back pain have been where I focused and I, I can't say it's completely cured, but I know I'm doing something for it. And that's, that's really good for me. Yeah. But any of, uh, any, any of that uh, pain have to do with your golf swing? 
It, yeah, most of it. Huh. Well, just, what, what's, what's funny is it's bringing me into my next question. A few people that have reached out to me, they're like, oh, you know, Jake, oh, you're friends with Jake. I'm like, yeah, they're like, did you know he's like a prolific golfer? And I'm like, you know, I haven't, you know, I haven't Googled him that much, but, you know, maybe I will. And so it's funny because I know you and I were talking about behind the scenes, you know, after the coronavirus is over, is Farm Labs interested in putting together a, a golf tournament for the industry? Or is that something you've considered cross crossing your, you know, highly skilled passion? Okay. Well, if I could somehow merge the golf world with hemp, I think that would be my sweet spot for sure. So, yeah, I, we'd get Andy down. Andy can come down and play a little golf, but we'd love to host some sort of event probably in 2021 if we're lucky, you know, if things go do improve yeah, but that would make total sense invite some of our customers up maybe have some of the uh um you know different vendors and things different cbd brands on site that could be really cool i got got my brain thinking here so well, well i was really just trying to tee you up so Greenlight can uh, produce it you know i know oh, we, were okay. talking, yeah. <laughs> we were talking about doing one at the four seasons a while back there was a hint oh, in, yeah. there was a hemp investment uh group out of florida that that's pretty cool with them they were talking about it you know, so I know Farm Labs has got to be a part of it. And uh, oh, I, think, yeah. I think we could hustle some people. You know, you could throw down some vouchers if they can beat you. You know, that's kind of... Free poetry test if you can beat me. There you go. <laughs> uh, you know, t turning it back, what other entrepreneurial uh, endeavors have you been a part of, you know, before your journey at Farm Labs? Because I know, I know you've done a few things and been pretty successful at some other things. Well, I, I, thanks, Dalton. Um, I... About 10, about, geez, now, probably about 12 years ago, uh, when I was living in Kansas City, started uh, a little apparel brand. And that was probably my second effort of, you know, running a business on my own and just kind of dove in head first. Didn't know exactly what I was doing, but it panned out a little bit. You know, it, it's still here, it's still active. Um, that taught me a lot about. Uh, just responsibilities and, you know, what running a business entails. Um, let's see what else in about five years ago, started a company that's kind of a, uh, a data personal information storage platform um, called my recall. And uh, that was a fantastic learning experience. Kind of got me back into tech, the tech space where I'm pretty comfortable um, and then absolutely after that, in about 2017, launched a company called Teacher Drawer that is, that's really cool. Um, uh, a local area school teacher friend of mine brought an idea and it's simply uh, teachers can request school supplies um, from parents and donations uh, via Walmart or they can shop online and the products are delivered directly to the school. Um, alleviating some strains of the teachers needing to email out and follow up with parents on, you know, uh, donating those school supplies. So anyway, that's, those are a couple of things I've been involved in. It's a ton of work. It's a lot of fun. And that also leads me to um, getting involved in the hemp space. I uh, was part of a cultivation and a grow last year and learned a lot about that. And whether it was the apparel brand or the, the, the data storage platform or the teacher drawer, whatever it may have been, it all kind of helped me quickly learn and adapt to the hemp industry. And yeah, here, here I am. So I guess. It's good. It's good to have a background with some other business and things, you know, you're, you aren't, this isn't your first entrepreneurial endeavor. You know, you've got experience with other businesses, how to deal with customers, how to work with clients. So I think that's really important 
for people to know, not only is Farm Labs operating in other states already, but you've also got other business backgrounds. So you're not really a neophyte in the way that a lot of these other hemp companies are. I mean, I deal with a lot of people on the grassroots and it's either a first business or it's the first time in hemp. And I think it's important because when you're looking to do business with people, you know, I mean, that's pretty important to me. One, uh, one quick 30 second message to the Texas farmer that has no idea who you are, that might even say you look like a city person. What yeah. is the message to the farmers and why Farm Labs can help them? Like why, like why it's really important here. Great. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I've got some paper, I got some PDFs and things I can, I'd love to email people that'll help them with pricing and we're running some specials right now to get some free potency tests, but ultimately to knock it into 30 seconds, if Texas farmers can stay extremely informed and chart the process, chart the data with their grow, they're going to have the most success. Um, it'll lead to more success down the road, but also a very strong um, presence with their data, with, with what exactly the plants are yielding, what it is throughout the grow is going to give them the easiest transition to offload their, their harvest and make some money. Um, so the better test results, the more frequent test results, the better um, you know, chains of custody and COAs and everything is going to lead to an easier sell of that, that, that farmer's product. Um, depending on how long they keep it. Are they, are they going to be part of the processing? Are they going to be part of the manufacturing, extraction, whatever it is? Um, it all, again, points towards testing. And if they get involved early and test the plants early and not just for potency, they'll realize they can optimize their profits by following the data that we track. And yeah, think of us as, a, as your science partner. Um, there we go. Up. Yeah, I mean, a lab's really more of a partner. I appreciate that answer. And uh, Maybe if, uh, I mean, we're going to talk to bring, bring Andy in here for a little bit. Maybe right before the panel discussion, you could give us a little tour. Yeah. Uh, I'll do that. So we want to bring, we want to bring you in here now, Andy. Uh, you know, your name was referenced a few times. It's only fair to give you a chance to talk. Uh, you know, bring it, bringing Jake into the hemp industry on, on uh, here on the dark side now. You know, do you want to give the viewers and listeners uh, a few minutes about yourself and, you know, kind of where your role is here? Sure, sure. Um, I, you know, I, I was more, uh, I was more on the, uh, cultivation side in the beginning. Uh, we were looking, we were looking at, at, at going big time outdoor. Uh, you know, we knew obviously just from our cannabis experience that, you know, indoor on the hemp side was, was not the way to go. Uh, so we, we started looking at, at, at kind of the whole way to go about it. And, and just like any other crop that you're going to grow, you know, it starts with, you know, what, what's that, what's that soil got in it? What, what's the makeup? And, and so then at that point, we just, we just started from there and, and tried to figure out, okay, if we're going to send to this lab for this and, and then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to need somebody else for, for testing along the way. And then we'll need, we just tried to figure out who could, who could we work with that could take us start to finish. And then when you started doing that, you realize that, you know, you're in the state of Oklahoma, you don't have anybody, nobody ISO certified, nobody you can truly trust. Uh, but then from there, I mean, it just, it just led us to, to, on a search for a lab and, and in the search for labs, we went through, I mean, I could list off 20 of them, but at the end of the day, once we finally found farm labs and, and I could actually get on the phone with the lab director or get on the phone with Greg, it was over. Cause then, then I could get the real data and I could get what I needed and I could overnight a sample and I could get an answer in two days. And that's, you know, that to me is that's what it's all about. 
I mean, it is. I like how you said that, that you were kind of ro roaming around and without a lab to, su to support you as like a science partner, it's kind of, it's, are we underground or are we above ground? And when you can partner with a lab right. and, and you can show what you have, you're transparent. I mean, it's really night and day. I mean, just from a grassroots consumer, uh, you know, entrepreneur, if there isn't a lab you can, you know, visit or tour or understand, you're really in a big liability. You know, you're out there pushing products that you don't know what, what's in them. You know, you don't know. It really hit me hard. I just want to mention that. I've mentioned this a couple of times, but I saw that my grandma was getting AARP magazines that had CBD oils in it. And all it took was a quick Google search of these brands that were in the, the AARP medicine to realize they had hits on them from agencies, that there was nasty stuff in these specific product lines. And it just, I mean, I realized I had a civic and social responsibility being in the industry to make sure the products that were going into somebody in my family's were tested. And you look around, there's no testing facility. So how are you going to do it? You know, and here comes the farm labs here in Dallas and some other things. I just want to share that because it really, you know, from a yeah. testing perspective, it's so important and people don't realize they're buying a medicinal product that if it also has, you know, toxic heavy metals, they're, they're counterproductive out here. But uh, one, bringing it back to your relationship with Jake, you know, from your days at Kansas, everything, he's, he's cited you as being instrumental in helping him get into the industry and showing him the way. But did you ever imagine, uh, you know, you and Jake would be in some type of industry like this, you know, from all the way, could you have uh, envisioned it or? No, I mean, there's, there's no way I ever thought I could do business with Jake. And to be <laughs> honest, maybe I still can't, but uh, no, no, we, uh, you know, we, we've always, we've always talked about doing something and, and we've kicked around a lot of ideas, but, uh, and I sure as shit didn't think it would be in the hemp space, but uh, you know, here we are. And, um, you know, it, it's going to be a big deal going forward. And it's, it's just, it's a small deal now. We're, we're, we're just scratching the surface. And, you know, right. to backtrack just a minute to your comment from earlier, you know, you're, you're, you're concerned about what your grandma's taking in there. And we all are concerned. But at the same time, we also need to make sure that is there actually CBD in that product? <laughs> I mean, there's so many guys out there selling stuff that doesn't even have anything in it. So your grandma's not only buying something, you know, that that might be bad for she's bought, she's spending her money on, on something that doesn't even have any CBD. So there's a whole lot of, of growth that needs to happen in the industry and, and to get it to where it needs to be. Uh, but, but you're spot on that. And there's so many people with that same story. And then how many people have tried CBD, but it didn't work for them or it didn't help. Right. Well, why didn't it? Well, hell, was there any CBD in there? And now right. they got a bad, they got a bad view of it and they think, oh, it's all snake oil, but hell, you know, what was the product you took? Where's right. the test results? Right, right. I think we have made good strides with the, uh, the QR codes and people having a better understanding of where their product's actually coming from. So hopefully we're good. I see we got Bowman, a surprise guest over here. You want to say anything, Bowman? Whenever, whenever they show up at the farm labs, they're going to see your, uh, they're going to see your nice face. So yeah, no, I'm just listening in. <laughs> That's good to hear. Uh, so going, going back to, uh, to you, Andy, you've got a lot more experience with the Oklahoma market and seeing what's happened. I know we have different programs uh, going on, but, you know, outside of the medical program, what do you see the hemp industry looking like up there? You know, where where's the correlation of this Red River friendly rivalry that the hemp industries have between Oklahoma and Texas? Well, uh, you know, it's 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 a slow grow in both. Uh, no pun intended. Um, it is, uh, you know, guys are getting into it, but 
you know, they don't know much about it. There's not a lot of education they can lean on. And you call the Department of Ag and they don't know what to tell you. You know, they're afraid to talk to you about hemp. Um, yeah. and, and, and that's in Texas and Oklahoma. And, and Oklahoma doing it for a year. So um, it, it's just the guys want to get in, but they want more info. They need to know about it. And then there's always somebody with a horror story of, of how they just threw some plants out and they grew hot or, or they couldn't sell it when they harvested it or whatever. But it's just like any other business. If you don't have a solid plan, you know, it, it, you're, you're wasting your time. But right. this is going to be huge for these farmers. And, and CBD is just going to be one side of it. They're going to be growing it for fiber. You know, every bag that you walk out of Walmart with three years from now is going to be made from hemp. Uh, you know, we're, yeah. we're plowing down so many damn trees and, and doing something that's good for our environment. It just hemp is going to be so good once we get the government out of the way and we can finally get on to business. I think I think so. You know, these companies have created some environmental issues and now we need to use uh, corporate innovation to get us out of it. You know, everything can be made out of hemp. The industrial side is really exciting. Uh, creating these markets with the cannabinoids and with different things. You know, we got to show the consumers they can use hemp backpacks and hemp bags and stuff. So it's really exciting. You know, on the Oklahoma stuff, it's, it's crazy because there is so many different correlations. You know, where do you see, do you see Texas being able to catch up to Oklahoma with the medical program? You know, I know that depends on the laws we pass, but what do you, you know, where do you see the correlation in that? Uh, you know, I mean, uh, I think uh, uh, Jake and, and, and John will remember this, but uh, there's some folks down there in Texas and, and, and they kind of think that uh, Oklahoma is just the biggest county in Texas. Um, and, and, uh, and, and, and Texas is a huge market. You know, I call it a nation of its own because I think people really need to look at it that way. You know, you got 4 million people in Oklahoma, but you got five or six metro markets in, in Dallas that are twice that size. So I think there's a ton of growth to be had down there and, and it's going to be massive, just like it was in Oklahoma, just like it was in Colorado, just like it was in Oregon it's going to be huge. And it's just, it's, it's where we're headed and the people that don't believe it, you know, they're going to be agreeing with us two years from now, but that's yeah. where we're at. And they'll be working together. Oklahoma and Texas will be working together and then Kansas will come on board and everybody will be working together. And, and, you know, you need tons of infrastructure for that kind of processing to be able to handle all that stuff. I mean, just cool. a different plant for each part. So, I mean, it's just going to be a, it's going to be an industrial revolution when it comes to hemp and it's going to start here in the midwest because we're already ready for it we got the farmers we got the land the agricultural uh revolution's got to start now you know i uh i really yep. appreciate your time uh jake with that long interview letting the folks know who you are you too andy you too bowman i'm going to get into uh the, the portion where we interview cynthia and have her give us an update on hemp tours and the verified brands and then to uh, grace with the texas cbd blog but i'd love for all of you to come back uh, and join us around the panel time uh, here in about 30 minutes if you if you can um, and if you're able to. Hear me on that? Can you hear me, Cynthia? I can't, but I put on the flip side. Okay. Yes, sir. <laughs> we'll Thanks, see. Thanks, guys. Yes, sir. All right. Be easy. Hey. Hey, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you, Dalton? Hi, Jake. Hi, Ian. Oh, we're, 
we're, we're out here surviving, trying to see what's going on. I know, uh, right? <laughs> another day, another issue out here. But another Zoom call, yes. Holy, <laughs> I know. I mean, at least at least people are getting better. I mean, at the beginning of quarantine, uh, you know, people oh, were- We got it down now, yeah. <laughs> I remember calling you right before the last one saying, hey, please help. How, how do we figure this out? But- uh, <laughs> No, we're we're really honored to have you back on, and then we'll we'll get to you in a in a little bit, Grace. Uh, you know, hemp tours we, we love for a lot of different reasons. You know, not you guys just keeping the in, the industry honest, but also providing education that you know really nobody else is providing. So we're we're honored to have you uh, a hemp tours representative on the you know second farm lab forum. And I have a couple questions um, for you, but do you have a couple slides you wanna you wanna present to us first? Uh, sure, actually. Uh, I wanted to start off with our, our little tour video. It's just a minute long, you know, yeah. just to show everybody a little recap of it. Um, let me get my screen share for me. Perfect. Yeah. Tell me if you, well, it's just music. So if you don't see it, it's okay. <laughs> I mean, if you don't hear it, it's okay. yeah <laughs> so so that that's kind of the the fun portion <laughs> oh yeah of, of the job you know yeah. that that's that's the consumer side for sure well, every, every company is a little bit different you, know, you guys started just ad advocating and showing people different tours and stuff that's where hemp tours got its name but i mean obviously you could explain this better but you guys are morphing into more of a verified industry certification you know who's yeah. doing good business and who's not let's be real because we've been around long enough to see shady people not doing good business and it's not necessarily the, sure. they, didn't know, they didn't know how not to do shady business like that's exactly right yes and and basically how it even started was as we went out to meet all the businesses everybody that was involved in cannabis hemp um, in all shapes and forms we started realizing that, you know, due to the lack of regulations, there was also lack of actual business structures. So places weren't accepting, you know, credit cards. Why? Well, they, you know, they had banking issues or two, they didn't even have a retail certificate, you know, certificates, which you have to run a business in Texas, or they didn't have, you know, insurance or there was a lot of things that were missing. And when we were asking them about their products, where they got it, what they did, they didn't know what a COA was. They were like, why would you want to know that? Here's the price, you know, and here's my competitor's price. And this is why it's better. So when we started connecting with all of those people, that's when we realized like, oh, okay, there's also 
not just a lack of education and uh, you know separation between the consumer and the business, but the industry people themselves. Some of them were definitely in there for different reasons, or you know they they have a buddy that knows a friend that got them into it and don't necessarily know what it even was about. So that's what sparked our helping the business side. Right. Yes. Right. And and also, you know, to to help monetize this to make it almost free for the consumers. You know, right. we want to make sure to provide these free events for people to come in and we want to make sure that whatever we relate them to or whoever we connect them to are legit businesses right. and they know where they're coming from, you know, they know what products they have or at least they know where to look for these answers you know if we don't know everything we can direct i, mean, I could personally testify on that because folks that have met me at uh some different networking meetings i mean i would just drag around i'd be group text people hey meet so and so meet so and so but if you don't know what type of business they're actually doing or you don't know if they're legit people i mean that's why it's cool that now we have you know not just one one lab you know farm labs up here but yeah. there's other tda certified labs processors growers the funniest thing is seeing these different strain names on the TDA website. <laughs> like, it's not, yeah. it's not a secret what's happening. Like these yep. things are operating above board. I mean, you can, you can find addresses to these facilities and these businesses and, and who yeah. it's cool. Cause for a while I know it's, it wasn't like that. And there's still no. a certain sector of the industry operating like there's not a real industry here. <laughs> and oh, it's just, 100%. It's, yes. You know, Testing, testing stuff in your garage is no longer uh, the, the status quo. So no, you know. making stuff in your garage is no longer the status yeah. quo. You know, we, we yeah. definitely we need to make sure that we partner with people and being able now to, you know, that more companies are allowed and that's more legitimate, you know, and having like farm labs, you know, being able to show that, hey, we are certified. This is a wow. thing. It's like, great, perfect. These are the companies and businesses that people should know. You just kind of teed me into this because I know I saw on y'all, I didn't even know uh, yet. Jake hadn't told me yet, but I saw um, Hemp Tours announced Farm Labs as a verified brand. And yes. could you go into what being a verified brand is or how other companies that want to be a verified brand approach that? Yeah. So basically there's not, it's not that, you know, we're not trying to be super strict for anybody to run their business. You know, anybody can run their business the way they want to. But we just want to make sure that the consumers are safe because mm -hmm. this is, these are stuff that's going into their bodies for the most part. You know, um, we also like to work with materials outside of just, con you know, um, consumables. So we will uh, we'll do that as well. But for consumables, it's very important for people to know. So we just ask a couple of questions, you know, where, um, where, where's your general liability insurance? You know, we need to know that if something does happen, somebody's able to help somebody out, you know, for on both sides, on every side. And yeah. the other thing is make sure that you're using all natural ingredients. That was a big one as well, because there's a lot of people that, again, you know, you're creating these materials in your house and you're trying to save money. And if you're trying to save money there, obviously you're saving money in a variety of other ways. You'll cut so one, where, point, you'll cut four. <laughs> yes, yes. And so that, you know, you would see, it's like, well, why would I take something that's good for me? And the same as, you know, testing materials. Well, let's test potency. Let's not just test or not just test potency, but all across the board, what else is in the product? And 
if you have this one good product in there, but all of this other junk on it, what good is what good is it? So you know, we're we're just trying to ask basic things, and um, and then again, another thing you know is is if how, how we vibe, you know, we have the same missions. If we if you're you know trying to help people out, it's definitely more of a collaboration rather than um, then we're selling something, you know, it's like, no, let's make sure that everybody knows who everybody is. We don't really work on commission. How we do is we just connect people, you know, we say, hey, you want to become of our uh, part of our dashboard? We have, yeah, I can kind of show you. Yeah, show yeah. us the goods. Show us the goods. Dig into that website. Yeah, so our, our website does have a lot for, um, whoops, am I? Yeah, our website has a lot, you know, we're, we're trying to face both consumers and the, the business. So we do have one part where it says brand sign up, but on our website, you should be able to see everything that we do. And we kind of have a lot of stuff going on. You know, we have free hemp courses for anybody. And this is just the 101 because a lot of the times when people get onto our tours, they just didn't know anything. They, like everybody else, thought, oh, is this marijuana? Why are we smoking marijuana? And when are we going to smoke marijuana? And we had to tell them, well, you're not. And this is not what it's about. So, you know, kind of got them a little sad at the beginning, but give them the history of it. You know, we go over the, you know, what can what are cannabinoids? What's cannabis? The different you know dosing that's something very important that's not really discussed and even though we tell everybody you know we're not medical doctors we're not telling you what to take how to take or if you should take it but number one is you should talk to your doctor and we stress that 100 percent. you know hey have that conversation because the more doctors have that the questions you know the more they're going to want to be involved into learning more about this and helping out with research and everything. So uh, also, you know, lab reports, many people had no idea what that even was. So, you know, anybody can go in there, it's free, you can access it. Obviously, we're going to be uh, updating it as rules are coming out too, because this one was our last year. So we have to refresh it a bit, but we'll have, you know, news going on. We, because our in-person tours and events, of course, are not available. We've come up with uh, virtual tours is coming up soon. And we've right now we have kind of an in-look and all of the videos that we've taken before from the places we visited all over Texas. And then um, some upcoming tours that we have, we really just have our self-guided tour that's about to come out next week. So it's already gonna be up on our website soon but i'll kind of give you a sneak peek you know we're gonna allow people to take themselves on this tour of course mm -hmm. and we're gonna be going you know educate explore connect we pick specific places that we know are going to be able to answer questions they visit the location they take a pic of their favorite item you know they send it to us and then they get prizes from us. They'll get t-shirts, cap, you know, kind of the typical thing that would happen on a tour, but thanks to COVID, we should get social distance. And so we still want to encourage them. So right now, this is 
the tour. It takes you all the way from Northeast Austin, all the way to Dripping Springs. So it'll be a good, uh, I, a I, good know we talked about, I know we had talked about Dallas needing one of these. So I hope somewhere. Yes, yes, that is, that is definitely coming soon. And these are going to be much easier to promote and do, you know, since it, it's not really going to be before we had to get, get our bus, you know, schedule that yeah. time and everything. So we had them once a month, but right now, um, yeah, we've, we've kind of been doing a lot with the, with the brands. And part of that is also, you know, the being verified. So yeah. part of it is just connecting them and the people that are verified, that's how they get on this map as well. We just want to make sure that, you know, they know their stuff. Yeah. So, so far, how many labs have you guys been able to verify so far? So far, we have two that we have, um, which is Farm Labs and Sante Labs that okay. we recently. Mm -hmm. we yeah, I mean, there's not there's not a lot. So it's it's not a it's not like the retail that there's mm -hmm. so many stores right now. But yeah. there are several brands that are outside of Texas, though that are looking into coming into texas right right That's another thing too so we have seen some of those i mean i personally just shoot everybody y'all's way that i can people are trying to figure out what Thank the update is on policies consumable i mean there's so many different things what's legal to consume are we yes. gonna have smokable hemp are we not are we gonna yeah. and so no. it's just I mean, it's cool yeah it's we're involved we're involved in a bunch of organizations um outside of hemp as well you know we're we're trying to reach a whole broad of audiences, not just the consumer that needs to understand what it is. Right. But it's it's one of those things that we're trying to one advocate for the, you know, the, the plant right. Two, help out farmers, three, try to um, help the consumers in this sense, and then also try to change some of the laws that have been going on. So hopefully, you know, this is going to be a, a lobbying session, we don't know how that's going to yeah. look like because of the situation, but we were planning on being there as well. And so hopefully- um, I mean, in a, place, in a place like Texas, when you only get one swing of the bat, a few yep. months- you gotta do it. You gotta you go- have to do it. Anything, and we, that's why we gotta talk to, you know, business owners like Farm Labs and other stakeholders yes. to find out exactly where the bottlenecks are, where yep. we, you know, we can't cripple this business before we even get it going. You that's know. been one of the yeah that's been one of the best things is seeing the supply chain and being able to see all the gaps in the supply right. chain and being like hey you know what you should do this with this person because they already do this and right. this helps out you know and, and they do it well and so and clearly the advice is easier said than done but if you're an entrepreneur out there trying to get in the game all you need to do is approach a farm labs approach a hemp tours and say what problems do you have how can i provide value you know, I mean, yes. how can you provide value to people? So, you yep. know, and, and that's where we find where the problems are and what the bottlenecks are. I mean, I know we have a smokable hemp manufacturing issue that almost is certainly going to be addressed, but yeah. uh, there's a few other things as well. You know, you've, you've had a good insight on a lot of industry, different people, you know, from all different across the spectrum of the types of businesses. What are you most concerned about for this year, you know, regarding the supply chain, the farmers, just in education in general? What, what keeps hemp tours up at night? Oh man, what keeps us up at night? <laughs> so many things. But the the main thing I would say is where okay, there's been one of the biggest issues that we've that we've noticed is even the businesses that 
we think are going to be able to be sustained. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of other things around them, such as packaging, you know, uh, your sustainability. And so I think that everybody really needs to start changing, not just, you know, in the product, but how they're making their products. Because one of the things that we have noticed, the, the trends is consumers do care about how things are being made now. And if we really do not change our mentality in how things are grown, you know, they're grown correctly, they're being tested correctly, they're being manufactured correctly. And like you said earlier, you know, you take, if a person takes one corner, they might take two, three or four. And, and that really is one of our concerns. And the way we, I, I think, address it and fix it is by making those regulations very clear and defined because there's a lot of gray definitions, a lot of gray area that we're reading and we're like, what exactly does this mean? Does this mean yes? Does this mean no? Can they do this? Can they not? And that that's probably the main one is, you know, have it if we're gonna do it, Texas, let's do it right. And right. let's try to, you know, we can there's other examples of how to and how not to. So I don't know why we're not looking into those as well. Right. Right. I mean there is uh through this industry in general, there's been a big push to not work with the government agencies not yeah. with official license holders. Like people are mad when you're working with municipalities or, and I mean, that way of thinking, I mean, I can appreciate from like a libertarian perspective, but at the same time, I mean, there's patient struggling. There's yeah. real industry here that needs help. Yes. I mean, <laughs> if you want to play that game, that's fun over there, but I want to know the products I'm consuming and the things that are on the shelf are sourced sustainably and that are actually built. Cause you're right. This new generation of people, I think it also yeah. has with the internet just kind of going yes. off so the viewers know. It's not like this global conscious awakening of what we're consuming consuming is it's because of the internet, it's because of the connection. You know, we don't want our waterways uh, you know, toxic, you know, and that's yeah. where it comes in. Hemp cleaning the soil, hemp regulating the body, the endocannabinoid system. You know, I'm not gonna go on a science, you know. Like, yeah, I'm not the director of education. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's why we urge everybody to talk to your doctor, you know, because you, now there's actually a longer list of people that can, uh, that, that actually probably ap can apply and get a medical marijuana card. You know, many people don't understand that Texas even, too, yeah, right? yeah, you know, they can. And so Texas does have a medical marijuana program, um, even though it's a small percentage than others, it, they still do. And I think that's huge. And so if more people partake and there's a lot of people that do. Um, well, right. And showing people what's legal and what's not. I mean, we have a very yes. clear program, Teacup, the Texas Compassionate Use Program. Yes. If you saw Compassionate Cultivation, they did a little pop-up in Plano. You yes. know, I had fun sending the article to my friends because clearly the headline says, medical marijuana. marijuana. I mean, y'all calm down. That's not, you know, that's for, that's not, yeah. <laughs> that is for severely epileptic patients that need this, you know, and it is some glorified CBD oil. So, you know, there's, there's more to that. I'm sure we could cover that, that, you know, more in depth. Oh yeah. I like how hemp tours is bridging the gap because we aren't, we aren't going full send on the recreational talk. Mm -mm. There is a, there is a, there is a medium here where this is medicine, you know, exactly. plant-based medicine and testing medicine, you know, yep. that's important. You know, we wouldn't want to consume anything. You know, FDA takes 10 years to get something through. You know, the fact that we're just taking stuff and consuming it and saying it's medicine is yep. without getting it tested, is kind of, kind yeah. of Yeah, and they, they, there's just a disconnect between, you know, um, 
how how food comes to your table i think there's there's a big disconnect with that and now i think the hemp industry will bring that to light hopefully and hopefully we get to visit farms and oh, yeah. do you know actually see the plant grow because yeah. how many people get to go to a slaughterhouse to see their you know like i would recommend somebody to but hey you have to see that con- you know that supply chain and how it's actually coming to our hands so it'd be very different if some people were to see how their products made they would not take it in people people wouldn't appreciate it as much i know know i know you're definitely invited back to the panel we hope you're going to be able to make that portion uh, of it but if we have have grace if grace can bless us with her presence uh (laughs) then we would love to talk about some texas uh cbd blog stuff and we're really excited to talk more about hemp tours and everything you guys are doing because as the industry grows, you know, we have a lot more, we'll have a lot more things to talk about. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think we are definitely getting in a place where we are having enough data gathered where it's starting to be consolidated and consolidated in a way where not, it's not just separating like, you know, this, uh, as you mentioned before, like finding out who's legitimate and who's not because we've all been in, we've all had those experiences. If you're in, if you haven't had that initiation, you are not in hemp or you're the bad guy. I'm sorry. Right. So, um, so it's, fair. it's fair. And people that don't know, cause I remember being here just to help out. Like if you don't know this industry exists and you don't know where to look, it's like an ocean current. Once you're in the current, you can see it crystal clear and there's no secret password to get in the current, but you have to see it. If you yeah. come in saying all these things and you don't know what's going on, you don't know updated policy, it, it just, it's, there's, we can't have a proper conversation, truthfully. I mean, that just is what it is. I jumped in there, Grace. I want to give you a chance to introduce yourself. You know, I said gracing, uh, gracing us with your presence out here. And, uh, you know, a lot of people want to know what's up with the Texas CBD blog, uh, you know, what you're about, who you are. So please just give us a few minutes and share, uh, you know, about yourself. Yeah, thanks, Dalton. So my name is Grace Delgado. So what I, I run the Texas CBD blog, which in essence, what it is, it's a place where uh, I've gathered like Texas news and where it comes to like featured folks and featured folks, products, brands, etc. Um, and really just again, just focusing on Texas, but not in a way where it's also excluding outside. Yes, Texas is 28 million people, probably a little bit more or less now, but um, it's still, it, it's, it's gigantic, but everyone has their eyes on us. And so when I initially said CBD, it was more of so like to just protect myself, but I also understand and recognize and talk about on there. It's also cannabis insider coverage because my approach and my holistic view of cannabis and talking about hemp products is one, it's always, it's, it's cannabis first. It's whether you're going to use it for recreationally, or are you going to use it for wellness? Well, for me and over the hemp, it's more of wellness. So that's where like more it's focused on um, because, you know, we're in Texas, um, but it's also giving people, and I have a few friends who have had leave, leave Texas, go to different States, then come back and other friends who just have left Texas because they pursued careers in cannabis when they couldn't do it here in Texas. And it's also giving them a a glimmer of hope that one change is happening here in Texas and two, an opportunity to shine 
that, hey, like, just because you're in Colorado and you're doing so many awesome things and like one of my friends, she's a marketing director for a cannabis company up in Colorado. And she's from, she's from, and she was from Texas. I randomly met her on Upsplash. You probably have seen her, Kim Z. She's all of her photos. If you've ever seen a stock photo on Upsplash or Unsplash, it's the really pretty ones. It's probably hers. So I randomly found out that she was Texas and that she was actually she lived in San Antonio forever just by connecting through cannabis. And then when I finally met her and we started talking in real life when uh, I was in Boulder last year, um, she was just really happy that like, hey, like, you know, one, cool stuff's happening in Texas. And then two, I was able to shine a light on her saying like, hey, like people had to leave for Texas. There's a really, there are all these other people out there. So it's also giving an insider view from Texas and then also letting people like from California. I had somebody from Los Angeles called me yesterday talking to asking about what the Texas climate is because oh, yeah. he saw on my LinkedIn said Texas CBD blog yeah and I just gave him uh, and I you know I gave him a few minutes of my time and we talked about it and just as you were talking about earlier how it we're really changing our perception of like how we're approaching cannabis and everyone's talked about here it's also kind of ushering how you we're all learning how to also as you said, getting you're getting caught up in the current and you kind of don't know what's going on. But also it's letting go of like your own personal biases, which you didn't even realize were there. And just kind of realizing, hey, like cannabis is a plant that meets you where you're at. So like, let that be what it is. Let that current flow and like, let your customers flow. Like if you have a purpose and you have value, which everyone's buzzword is, if you have that value, people are going to come to you rep, like regardless or not. It's how you scale and all this competitiveness like hey there no one's my competitor we're all collaborators yeah, here right. at the end of the day i yeah. need headquarters i need green light i cannot do it by myself you know and i need the community and just like on yeah. that's kind of showing the um so within the blog it's like showing one brand like hey like we're a community but also that consumer adoption as well which is something that i've really been high like really focusing in on over the past months like i've been a little quiet but I have a few things coming up, which I'm really excited to share in the future. Um, and I, it's all about one, that consumer adoption and like getting people comfortable with cannabis in general as a whole and making it easy for them to find things because there's data out there that's accessible. And if you know how to put that data together, like I do, you know, things can happen. <laughs> I see. Yeah. I was really excited when, uh, you know, the Texas CBD blog had the number one Google SEO about, I think the hemp rules or, or something happened. I mean, that's pretty big time. When you Google Texas CBD and, uh, you know, Texas CBD blogs at the top, I mean, you're, you're we have somebody on the, on the forum right now that understands that uh, yeah. at a pretty high and, level. And that's been a lot of work coming. So that's like, that's, and that's what I do. So like in my, in my day job is I'm a digital marketer. But I don't like, you know, I'm, I don't like telling, telling people I'm a marketer because it feels ew. But at the same time, it's really important, one, to display the message. And again, what, like, really what the focus is, because at the end of the day, it's what is, how do, how do you use this information? How is it useful? Now, it's up to us, as you know, you understand, like, how do you make this like, easy, digestible? And, you know, definitely have towards understands, like, how do you make it, like, digestible for someone to access it and kind of make it easier for them to flow and create those circles? Right. Because there's nothing wrong with, like, having a small circle and then turning out where, like, you know, starting where you were before, as long as that circle keeps growing. And all that circle keeps refining. And that's what our skill set comes in for. The circle's got to clean itself. It's got to you know, you got to make sure it works out all together. Yeah. You know, like, like, 
Yeah, because any person knows, like whether, like whatever industry you are in, as long as you have your tools and you know who you can rely on, like you can create a lot of, you can do a lot of damage. But then when it's time to grow, you know, those, you know, those bumps and turns and, you know, changes happen, that's just business and that's just life. But it's all about just like being comfortable with that. And over the past few, over 18 months, or so since I, or two years now, since I've like really been in hemp, really seeing those defined lines, one in myself, but also for the consumers and also on the different supply chains and how the vertical looks, because it's definitely clarified itself. It's really cool to see how all that happened. And I'm just, and you know, I don't know, I'm more of like that nerdy person who like looks into things and wants to know the, pe the people behind the stories. Yeah. So I also understand that people aren't going to do that with hemp. But as long as I can put that feeling and messaging within it, so they don't need to be curious about it. They just need to know like, hey, it's trustworthy and like move on, you know? Right. It's all right. about sincerity because with it, as, as more of like the millennial and Gen Z, as we're getting them, because that's where all the power is with sharing this information. Mm -hmm. You can talk about Gen X and Gen, and you know, the boomer area. Zoomer, era. I hope it's Zoomers. Like, After Gen Z is going to be Zoomers. Yeah. I don't know if that's real or not. It sounds like it should <laughs> so, be. It should be. So like one, like that's, that's a little different, but like when you're talking about online presence, it's just making sure it's shareable, making sure it's good, making sure it's accessible. And I do that for people. I know, I know, I know. So bringing it back to like a medicinal um, consumption standpoint, I know you're a really big medicinal advocate. You know, have you heard any stories about, you know, negative tests or, or somebody consuming something that they weren't aware of what it was, you know, anything like that? Um, yes and no, but like, just like when it comes on that side, it's, well, still bringing it back to like lab testing. It's, it's all, as everyone said before, it's like going back to the COA. And if there wasn't a COA on the website, I, even if it's an old COA, like that shouldn't, one, that should never be the case. My standard is, you know, like within, you know, using the batches, is it new? Is it connecting to, you know, how is it connecting, et cetera. But like, if there's not a COA, that's a red flag, 100%. And I've had, I've worked with clients where they picked out one, they bought it already. And then they ended up, I go to the website just to check it out because I'm curious because it was a brand I never heard of. It was from California. There was nothing online. There wasn't a COA. <laughs> there wasn't like, and there wasn't even like, okay, there wasn't a QR code on the ball on the bottle, but like. I instantly I told her I was like hey like you're probably gonna have to pull it off the shelf because we don't know under we don't I mean I didn't tell her to do that but I was like uh, I mean if you can't if you can't verify it too I mean it's not it's it's common knowledge that the black market's sophisticated with creating fake COAs creating fake QR codes you know if yeah. you're not willing to look into it I like how you said you're digging into well whose COA is this who are they where are they you're not just trusting some oh blank laboratories to tell you everything's okay you know, you have to be able to, there's multi layers of the vetting and especially when we don't have any strong regulation of the rules of the game, you know, it's kind of every person for themselves out there on what they consume. Yeah. You know, they, uh, what were you going to say? Oh yeah. Like, and especially as a writer and whenever I recommend products to people, I can't, I cannot. And when I do, when I've done reviews for, and like when I write stuff, I go to the COA first. And that's just the number one thing. Like I also, I, and you know, because I'm a writer, I also go to the labs. Like, is this like, is this one, if it's, I mean, if I do, if I see farm labs or if I see like saute labs, labs I know, I still double check making sure everything's like, they didn't fake it. But you know, that to me, I trust them. Like, oh, that's cool, that's fine. Um, 
but it it helps it helps a lot when it comes to that because those things are referenced like if there's a product and that coa and then i find out what the terpene profiles on in order to feel like why it tastes a certain way and just from my experience when i'm describing it like it helps to know how much limine is in there how much you're like over here and it it the coas are incredibly important and while we don't have that same standard, I recognize that in the pharmaceutical side, it's just we're with cannabis right now, as we're go- coming out of prohibition, that transparency is how we're going to gain that trust. Eventually, I just hope it's just something that nobody really cares and looks for, like just as a, nobody really looks at a barcode. No one scans a barcode to find out like where exactly this comes from. I just hope that, you know, if it's there, you can look up that product information if you want. So um, but yeah, I, important. I but, working with the current, like the supply chain, knowing who you're working with, you can actually vouch for it, you yeah. know, and then not even, I, I hope just on a personal side, it opens up more of an awakening that we can trust certain agencies, but you should always double check on yourself, you know, teaching these things, how to know where your food comes from, how to know where your medicine comes from. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like you've talked to a lot of entrepreneurs coming up and I plugged earlier, if you're trying to get into the industry, you know, all you need to do is message a farm labs message, you know, so, someone and say, what problems do you need solved? You know, cause I've learned through my business uh, struggles and uh, small wins, big wins. If you're solving a problem, then, you know, you're, you're providing a service. So mm-hmm. what advice would you have for people trying to get into the industry, trying to understand it, you know, from your, from your perspective? So I love answering this question. So my, so my thing is whenever you're getting into the industry, it's just, and you're going through the products and you're, you're trying to figure out, of course, having the market, a marketing idea on your mind within cannabis, honestly, it, it's not that marketing it's, I'm not saying marketing is important right now. It's just using the frameworks that marketing provides, just like, just knowing who your audience is and going into it and be open that things, one, things are going to be changing regardless, but understanding that one cannabis is a female plant. And cannabis is a plant that meets you where you're at. So it, we're, as we're in an age of consumer adoption, I'm not trying to compete with everybody. You have bigger people to compete on the shelves. Like when it comes to shampoo, if you put, you know, hemp in your shampoo, people always try things once, but it's really figuring out and understanding holistically, like your product is also going to meet people where they're at using the benefits of hemp within there and like testing that out and understanding like, you know, if, as long as, if you know your, your hemp's legitimately sourced, you, you've gone through the process of it. And of course, everyone's experience is different, but just really understanding and just being open to changing and just figuring out like, Hey, like this is, you're going to find that perfect item that's going to fit within that consumer's life, because ultimately you're going to, you're trying to substitute what they're going for. So not putting too much pressure on yourself, but really just finding a your your holistic approach and the product's holistic pr- approach is finding the product that fits where you're at and just like if you're a digital marketer or if you're in um if you're on this in the supply chain wherever you are it's just taking the stress off yourself where where do you meet based on your skill set and go forward like things are going to change and adopt and that's good but cannabis kind of gives you an opportunity to take a breath and uh do that so I think, I think that's really well said, Grace. I mean, just to be honest, because there's been so many things going on and I know kind of like hemp tours, the Texas CBD blog will evolve. You'll evolve, you know, everybody's evolving, uh, you know, all the way going back to farm labs, they're evolving too, you know, on, on everything they're doing. 
I did see, uh, and I really hope you join us for our little panel discussion later to see what questions we can ask for everybody watching. But I saw that uh, we had a uh, we had Chris Taylor pop his head up in here. I'd love to welcome him back if he's uh, if he's still available. Hey guys, how's it going? I think you uh, disabled my video, so I'm just a talking voice for a second. <laughs> we'll see. We'll get some technical directing skills. Uh, we'll, we'd rather you be a t uh, talking voice than nothing, you know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think you can enable it if you'd like to. Yeah, uh, we got technical support. Uh, David Flores saying you can turn your video on potentially. So there we go. There it is. Face right here. There we go. There we go. Live from the road. Yeah, we really just asked you on to uh, you know make make the guys look better on here. You know. That's <laughs> Live uh, from the road with my mask. I don't have it on, uh, but there's no one else in the car. Yeah, uh, just, just, just for fun, because I never get to talk to you. You said there was some stuff going on in the facility. Anything happening to get into it? You know, anything looming going on? Well, the the warehouse that we work with uh, that does our processing for our product, I'm actually sitting out in front of it right now. <laughs> they, they don't allow uh, guests in anymore or vendors. Nice. So essentially they have a small booth set up outside that you have to check in at. If you do go inside for like a meeting, they scan your temperature, masks on the whole time. They just started requiring not only masks inside, but the face shield too, because wow. food processing facilities have one of the highest levels of okay. uh, outbreaks, I guess. So. Yeah, because you're, you're coming at it from a food processing. I know we just jumped straight into it. So, uh, you know, and, and, I, and I hope you have some time to join us for the panel discussion a little bit later, because I really want you to meet Jake. And uh, John, the team over there at Farm Labs, you know, your Dallas. But um, could, could you give us just a little bit about your background, Chris, and kind of where, you know, how you're in California, where you came from, your different journeys in hemp? Definitely. So my background is in science. Um, I went to school for biology, got accepted into medical school and actually ditched it for the cannabis space. Uh, cannabis, not hemp. Uh, and so I, the plant, uh, spoke to me physically just from my own interactions with it. You know, I was like, this this plant has a lot of potential uh, in it in terms of healing for people mentally, physically, uh, especially people with ailments. Luckily, I wasn't using it to treat any ailments or anything like that, but I have family members that uh, have. Um, you know Robert Head. He started Blue Cord Farms, and he's my cousin. He's a veteran that started a cannabis company, and I kind of helped him to introduce him to that. And so uh, it's kind of been a family affair. And uh, going back to uh, even my mother uh, in the past, she's uh, <laughs> she discovered the powers of the plant for endometriosis. And so I, I owe a lot to the plant um, in terms of me even being here on this planet. So that was the initial interest. Of course, being in college, you're exposed to it all the time. You see the good, the bad, the ugly. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, it was something that aided with um, studying and at the time, uh, it's like the blinders got lifted off um, by the plant too. I started looking at the, the world more holistically and I realized there's a lot more to this planet than being a physician and treating patients one-on-one, -on -one, which of course still has a ton of value, but uh, it drew me into business. And what I wanted to do was have a larger impact than just one-on-one -on -one interactions. And so um, went into the cannabis space, uh, moved up to Humboldt County for a couple of years and managed a cultivation facility there. It was a 40 acre farm. Uh, we turned out couple thousand pounds a year and it was great. It was fantastic. I was a cultivation manager there and um, left that though, because I, I saw the impending kind of collapse of the cannabis market coming, especially if you look at the taxation system in California, it's crazy. So I went from that into hemp uh, and now with Lumen, uh, I'll go ahead and do a quick screen share as I describe this, but with yep. Lumen, 
we are the world's first USDA organic hemp juice. So those are the four products right there. And we literally take the plant off of our partner farms, uh, certified organic. We wash it, we grind it, we juice it. And then we combine that cold pressed hemp juice with other superfoods. So the shot in the middle that's being lifted up, the gold label, that's the purest form of the hemp juice. You can see it's nice and green in there. Um, and then we make other shots with other functions that kind of accentuate the functions of, of hemp. So when you juice hemp, cool fun fact, you actually don't get CBD out of the plant. What you get is CBDA or the raw precursor, the acidic form of CBD. And so these shots have CBDA, they have minor amounts of THCA, sometimes CBGA and CBNA, depending on the harvest. Uh, and so you get the raw form of the cannabinoids uh, and early research has shown that can help with nausea, inflammation, stress. So similar to CBD, just a different mode of action. Uh, really good for gut health as well. So those are the products we created and our approach was, we knew that, um, we knew that there was kind of a, uh, an oversaturation in just the CBD market itself. You know, there's a ton of people just making CBD and they didn't know what to do with it. So our approach was we have this new ingredient that we want to make, um, but we also knew that we wanted to uh, be a brand because brand brands create loyalty and loyalty creates longevity. Um, brands can have a stance and a mission. And so that's what we've chosen to do and um, take control of that consumer interaction. So we don't have to worry about just selling to someone else to turn that uh, product that hemp or that CBD into something that can actually sell to consumers. I definitely just felt like I was listening to the Gary Vaynerchuk podcast for <laughs> like 40 to 45 seconds. I know you and I have bonded over him uh, just in general, just, you know, getting, getting off the sideline, making stuff happen. I did okay. want to say when Chris is talking about the gut health, it's been better off, but something that he and I have talked about behind the scenes is acid reflux, nausea, inflammation in the stomach. And that's something that I've learned a lot about because I've had a lot of issues with that, uh, trying to learn from it. And we're talking about the stomach enzymes, you know, and that's why this thing is so multi-crafted. You know, we talk about how important lab testing is on this side, but also knowing what's going in your body, what, you know, what problems you're having. You know, you're, you're, you're talking to a, a hemp slash cannabis entrepreneur that dropped out of medical school because he wants to heal everybody from the root problem, not just one by one, you know, and I, I think, I think that's really honorable, Chris, in a way, because you're still healing, people. you know, you're still in the healing profession, you know, just just a different, more holistic. Did you hear all that? I did. I did. Yeah. I don't know if I'm cutting out or if it's on your end because you seem a little choppy. It, it might be me. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happened. Hopefully, uh, hopefully the, the listeners are getting it. So I can, you know, hear, I can hear everything you're saying, though. But yeah, 100 percent. It is a food as medicine approach. And that's that's the beauty of food and beverage and hemp now. I mean, hemp is uh, one of the ultimate superfoods on this planet. And so to utilize that in a food as medicine approach, that was the whole concept, not just the cannabinoids, but let's get the true full spectrum of the plant, all the vitamins and minerals. And lab testing plays an important role in that when you use it as a food from the heavy metals to the pesticides, to the cannabinoids, to the nutrient profile, all of those things play a role in our process. And I'm, I'm more than happy to hit on those. I mean, it's exciting, no, because it's cool. I mean, you know, you know where I'm coming from. I'm still learning here and there. You know, talking about feeding the animals food, you know, hemp food, superfood. You know, I really think this whole awakening, we've got to work together here uh, on it. And we, we got to feed the planet out here. You know, that's kind of what we got to make happen. So, you know, you started touching on it, but why, why do you think testing is so important? Like why from your perspective, because you've seen in California, you know, maybe this will be a two-part question. 
what's the differences between California hemp industry and Texas mm -hmm. hemp industry from, from your knowledge? And why is testing so important in both of those uh, different sub-markets? Sub yeah, I'll say Texas sure rolled it out a lot faster than California. It was legalized in California in 2014 to grow hemp, but the first licenses didn't really go out in mass until this year. There's some early ones last year, so it took a while. Um, Wow. Kudos to Texas for getting it done so quickly with the, the farm bill that passed. So I think one thing you'll see in California this year is a much larger scale in terms of um, commodity crop style hemp. So row crop with huge combines, huge machines um, going nonstop in these fields that are uh, thousands of acres. I think already I need to look at the numbers, but California is already one of the largest hemp growing states in the country, even though this is really the first year it's being done at scale. So um, that's one difference. I don't think it'll take long for Texas to catch up. One thing I do think people need, need to be aware of is the seasonal collapse in the market that happens, you know, at the end of every harvest season, everyone and their mother has hemp, especially because it's such a hot item. And so you need to be careful, uh, on your strategy in terms of how big you're going, how much cash you're willing to risk up front. Uh, and early Texas farmers need to be aware of that because there will be a quote unquote flooding of the market uh, come harvest time because everyone's harvesting around the same time. Yeah. That being said, there are ways to mitigate that risk. And so um, part of that, just talk to a knowledgeable consultant. Uh, I'm sure Dalton can connect you, but um, I'd say one of the biggest things that Texas is going to face is understanding how to handle the risk of oversupply uh, and also understanding how to take that product and then market it. Because I think, we're all, I don't know about everyone else on this call, but I'm a fifth generation Texan. And I say that proudly. Texans are proud people. And so to see hemp grown in Texas, there will be a huge market specifically for Texas grown hemp and Texas grown hemp products. Oh yeah. So I think there are, there are ways to mitigate the risk with oversupply in Texas, but it's definitely something to be aware of. I mean, it's exciting. I mean, you and I, we've, we've talked about so long, you know, the Texas State Fair, the Texas agriculture movement. I mean, now to see our ag commissioner out there, you know, on the front page, Texas, uh, Texas agriculture.gov slash hemp, you'll see it. You know, it's not, this isn't a secret anymore. This is something Texas can be a leader on, you know, and then can, and can work with California because clearly uh, California has its own agricultural renaissance already going, but we have more pro-business uh, policies here in Texas. So if we can have an agricultural business renaissance here in Texas and learn from what California is doing, I mean, I think that's the sweet spot for me without, you know, throwing shade to our West Coast friends, you know, because the taxing situation in Cal I mean, how are you supposed to survive? I mean, it's almost like you're promoting black market hemp and cannabis. I mean, yeah, the cannabis side is worse. Hemp luckily gets taxed like everything else as far as I'm aware of. I mean, unless we're forgetting something, but we've never been approached by anyone. Uh, cannabis is really where the, the ding takes uh, takes its toll. So, well, that's um, you, asked, you asked about the importance of lab testing, too. I can hit on that Please. Um, for us as a food product. First and foremost, the, the most important part of our lab testing are looking for contaminants. Mm -hmm. um, so it starts all the way down and I'll do a quick screen share again. Um, it starts all the way down at the soil. So I've got some pictures here from our farms, uh, farming partner, guy in the middle, Chris Jagger at Blue Fox Farm. Amazing farmer, produce farmer of over 30 years. And that's something I could touch on too, in terms of finding partnerships that are legitimate. I think, um, I, believe it was, I believe it was Grace before this, but whoever was on the call presenting before me, they touched on finding the right partnerships for that. It's really important. So um, you'll see on the left, the soil, that's where it all really starts. And so when you're looking for a farming partner, it's okay to ask for soil tests and look for heavy metals if it's something that they have not grown before. So you want to be careful of heavy metals, cadmium, arsenic, things that can come from pesticides, older fertilizers, 
um, et cetera. So heavy metals is something important to look at because hemp is a bioaccumulator. And so it's going to pick up all those heavy metals and concentrate it in the plant. So if you're making CBD or a food product, you don't want those heavy metals in there. Uh, so if you're working with someone that's never grown the hemp before, instead of pre-purchasing anything, definitely ask to see a heavy metals test on the front end. Any, any responsible farmer should be willing to do that if they haven't already. It's like 80 bucks. So uh, that's one thing to look at. Of course, pesticides. When you know your farmer, you're, you know what pesticides are using, uh, especially if it's certified organic, then you have like a whole another class of comfort that comes with that. But uh, making sure that there's no residual pesticides that are toxic in the soil. Uh, and really what that comes down to is just asking the farmer, verbally asking, what pesticides are you using? Tell me a little bit about how you're growing this plant. Luckily, hemp doesn't really re require that many pesticides, if any at all. Most people grow it without. But that's something important to be aware of too. Uh, in my opinion, if you're using this as a medicine, there's no reason why toxins should be going onto it. Um, there are good organic pesticides and that's like a whole another conversation that if anyone wants to get into further with me, they can reach out via Dalton. Um, but watch out for pesticides. That's, a, that's another big problem, especially in the cannabis space that we've seen come up time and time and time again, people failing those tests. So given Texas being new, and given a lot of conventional farming happening in Texas, there may just be farmers that are unaware of how pesticides can affect the quality and the outcome of final products with hemp. Because when you make a CBD extract or a concentrate, you're doing exactly what that sounds like. You're concentrating the hemp. And so you're going to concentrate any of those pesticides that are on the plant in that final product. And you don't want to have put a down payment on anything ahead of time or even go out and purchase anything with that after the fact. So check for pesticides as well. Um, Microbial count. I mean, that's something we pay attention to as well. Uh, not we, we, we pay attention from like a toxicity or a pathogenic perspective. No one wants E. coli in their juice. Like that's going to uh, that's going to be harmful. <laughs> it's going to hurt some people. So you, you, you got to keep keep an eye out for that. Um, but really what we test pathogens for are making sure there's a low load of pathogens or microbial activity because it causes spoilage early. So um, that's how we look at that. Testing plays an important role there. Um, cannabinoid testing, of course, if you are marketing any claims for potency of product, you definitely need to make sure you have every single lot tested, which I'm sure that's already been covered on this, so I won't go too far into that. But cannabinoid testing, if you want to know what the plant is doing for you from an active function standpoint, you need to know what's in it. Well, you're, you're, you're giving us a lot, and I'm excited to bring, um, to bring back the panel here in like five or six minutes and do a quick lab tour. Jake's going to show us that. I'd love for you to see just a little bit what they're working with. But, but you brought up something, you know, and, and you're from Dallas, you're in the hemp industry, you've done different things. Can you share about some of your, with Texas, I mean, this feels like, like ancient years ago, but can you explain the climate in Texas when they tried banning CBD in spring of 2018? Can you go over like what your involvement was? And I'm not looking for a reverse shout out to me because you got me involved in that, but please just sure. explain the situation. I mean, you're a true Texan. You're not just somebody that ran out to California, fifth generation crowd. <laughs> I know you're working on bringing Lumen back to Dallas, which we'll touch on too in the panel, but you know, what was the climate like when the state of Texas tried banning CBD? Yeah, it seems like a lot of uh, misinformation um, and really uh, like the state was trying to slip it under the noses of the people that could benefit from this. Mm. So I think it's always extremely important to be involved in advocacy groups just to keep your ear to the ground if even if it's just a, a mailer you get every two weeks to every four weeks um at the time i was i don't remember if i was 
I, I served as an interim executive director and then I was on the board of the Texas Cannabis Industry Association. Uh, and we caught wind of this ban that was about to happen and something crazy. It was like less than two weeks they had announced it and, and they were going to enact it. And we joined forces with all sorts of different advocacy groups, uh, Texas Normal, um, Students for Sensible Drug Policy. Uh, in, a, in a matter of days, we had something like 40,000 signatures against the ban. Uh, and who knows if that played a, a pivotal role in, in blocking that ban? We believe it did. But essentially what it was, it, it was going to ban, um, if I remember correctly, like all, all sales all of CBD. I mean, everything. Like there was... Yeah. I mean, at their point, you had some CBD store. I mean, you had people moving. You at least had, you know, a few products out there. I, I didn't realize what was going on at the time. That's when I first got in. You told me, you texted me and said, hey, they're trying to ban CBD. I said, what do you mean, bro? And you're like, we got to act. We got to act. I'm like, all right. But, I mean, that's a personal testimony. I'm trying to shout out to you um, and, and have any viewers that we have, you know, recognize it. Because you keep saying reach out to me. I think people should be reaching out to you, too. Sure, um, yeah. On, on some of these things. I know you're busy as hell. But, uh, you know, kind of. Kind of wrapping this up, where could people find you or where could you plug Bloom in? You know, is is it, do we have any time? I know getting into Whole Foods, that's a big win. Yeah, thank you. Congratulations there. Thank is you. there any, you know, steps coming to Texas or is there anything the Lumen fan club of North yep. Texas would be on the look for? Yep. So a couple things. Um, first off, you can reach us on our Instagram at Drink Lumen. Uh, you can also email me. Uh, it's K-R-I-S at drinklumen.com. Um, easily reachable there. The plan for Texas right now, we're focused heavily on Southern California. It's kind of the mecca for food and beverage. And so we started the company. Uh, it's based out of Los Angeles here. So we're focused heavily on developing that out. However, there is a store in Dallas. Uh, they may be out of stock right now. It sold out pretty quickly with COVID. They, I think they need to restock, but it's called Feed Me Pronto in Dallas in Victory Park. So if anyone wants to try some, I, I think that's our only Texas account right now. I do know um, down at uh, Famous Juice Company, I believe, in San Antonio, okay. uh, there is someone juicing hemp uh, from Texas, grown in Texas. So if you're in San Antonio, definitely go check that out. There's nothing better than fresh-pressed hemp juice. So yeah, I think that sounds like our boy Amos down there. He's using hemp packaging, too. Uh, yeah, so it's fantastic. Yeah, he's, he's kind of leading the way on the uh, uh, circular economy, you know, I'd say is for Texas hemp. But I think we'll catch up there, you know. We really appreciate you coming on, Chris. If we could have, uh, you know, everybody join back real quick. Um, you know, Jake, John, Cynthia, Grace, we can have a big, big kumbaya here. We'd love to see <laughs> it. And uh, I think Jake's going to show us around the lab a little bit. Chris, I'd love for you to see it. You know, yeah. I mean, you leave Texas, you come back. Now there's labs. Now there's, you know, people are talking about processing. You know, it's just really exciting, uh, you know, from where we started. That is. Can you, can you hear us, Jake? Can you unmute yourself, Jake? I'm unmuted. There we go. There we go. So yeah, here we are. One thing I wanted to point out real quick is uh, down that row, you don't have to squint too hard, but that is the city hall of uh, Farmer's Branch, which is a suburb of Dallas. Cool. So we, we went through some, uh, we went through some initial meetings with them. Of course, they were a little concerned. What exactly will you be testing across the street? Um, we had multiple meetings with the mayor, and uh, we are in good graces. So Farmer's Branch kind of likes what we're doing here. Let me flip this back around. But we'll, we'll make this quick. Um, we are 95% of the way there. Uh, we've got some training going on in the back that you'll see. But what we had done is we took over um, a dental office uh, that had been uh, vacated about three years ago. So it was 
not exactly uh, perfect, but we've made some uh, changes and some tweaks. Uh, we've got all the security in place necessary to become DEA certified when that's uh, mandated. Uh, but we've got uh, some staff members here that are calibrating, some, doing some of the final steps of calibrating our equipment. Um, we've got, like I said, some training, some Perkin Elmer folks here doing some final training for everybody in the lab. So excited about that. Um, we had John here helping me with this tour. This is the sample prep room. Uh, we're starting to, believe it or not, we are starting to get some samples in. Uh, we come to the back here. This is the uh, microbial uh, room, if you will. We've got some, a little bit messy, but uh, we're kind of piecing everything together. We've got a nice hood in the back. So, you know, if you were to create an open space for a lab, you'd end up having a bunch of little different rooms. You'd need them. Uh, so it just made sense for us to take over this uh, this old dental office. This is already in place. And this is the uh, pesticides and heavy metals room. And we've got some sample closets and some different things, some break room back there. But uh, this is it. It's all been quite exciting, uh, moving very fast, as you can imagine. But, yeah, we're rocking and rolling. So Yeah, things are moving stuff. so fast. We still got the pictures from the first day of all the boxes out there. So... You know, the farm lab story is going to be told nevertheless. Oh, good. Yeah, man, it's fun. Congratulations on all that. Thank you. Yeah, well, I, I wanted to bridge the gap there with Chris because I'm sure, I mean, how many labs have you been inside, Chris? I mean, you've probably seen a lot of them at this point. Yeah, there's only, really, it's only been about three. Um, everyone really knows who the respectable labs are and the consistent labs are around. You know, in California, one of the ones that we've used consistently is Steep Hill. Um, there's EDO labs up in Oregon that we've used consistently. So, um, the setup that you've created Jake looks spot on. It looks amazing. So congrats on all that, all the fancy mass specs and everything in there. I know it's, it doesn't come cheap, but it's how you do it right. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, that, and that was important to us too, Chris, cause you know, uh, you know, David and I, I still got the text message where you connected David Flores and I, so it's kind of interesting, but, uh, you know, we take it real seriously on who we try to do business with and, and who we're looking at and, you know, getting the right certification. So it's exciting. I'm, I'm happy you were able to see that because, you know, from the science perspective, uh, you know, from what I know, and I need to learn a lot more, but I do think, you know, I'm, I'm not just uh, endorsing farm labs for fun. It looks like they're really doing things the right way and they want to take care of the people. So, you know, and there's other, we'll need a lot of labs. Like uh, like our boy Andy Stewart said earlier, what do you say? Oklahoma's just a, a county of Texas or something? You know, well, it is. I mean, pretty much it is. So <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, you know, so, um, I mean, if we don't have college football this year, Oklahoma's really gonna have nothing. I'm not sure what they got, but that's a that's a you know we'll we'll hate on them <laughs> we'll hate on them later. Uh, but there's enough room, you know, to collaborate, cooperate. I heard that on another hemp podcast, you know, from somebody I really respect. That it's not a big competition. You know, we got to collaborate. Everybody's got to work together. There's different. You know, this lab might do specialize in something another lab doesn't do, and to have an open line of communication, you know, is is really important here. You know, you you get your feelings hurt because some company said something. It's a lot easier if you can just text them or talk to them and say, hey, what's going on here? You know, there's no we're all on the same side here is really the point I'm trying to make. Uh, at this point, if there's anybody on Facebook that has any questions uh, that you would like us to ask this group of group of folks right here, very qualified group of folks, please fit in. Um, we'll, we'll have the questions put through to the ear pod over here with our technical director on the other side. And, um, you know, just starting it out open floor. Did anybody learn anything from each other today out of the panelists? 
you know, of kind of what's going on or, or from anything? I think real quick, me, um, I, I've got experience in this space. I'd say I'm a little bit dangerous in a lot of places. I don't have the, uh, you know, the depth, really in-depth knowledge that some of the other panelists have in one category. But again, to emphasize what I mentioned early on in the call is that people in this space are, we have experts coming into this hemp industry. And I, I believe the, the panel today kind of spoke to that, uh, being that these are very knowledgeable people. They bring, bring different backgrounds to the hemp industry. Um, we're all here because we're all here today uh, because Texas legalized things and finally um, paved, allowed farmers to and different people in the industry to pave the path for what can become. So I, I think if anybody is viewing this that isn't on the panel, I, I think you can see that there is some knowledge and some great experience and bright people are entering this space and people that have very strong business savvy and, and knowledge of not only the cannabis plant, but the cannabis industry itself. So again, this kind of just reemphasized and, and gave me motivation that we're in a good spot. Texas has a lot of potential. So we're happy to be a lab and provide our services to anybody in the industry. I mean, that's just pretty exciting in general. I mean, we have a lot of different perspectives here. What about uh, you, Cynthia and Grace, our, our, our lovely ladies on the panel? Did you guys learn anything new or, or anything that caught your, caught your ear or eye? Did, have y'all have ever met Chris or have do y'all know him? No. Hi, Chris. <laughs> nice to yeah. meet you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, like he said earlier, I, the only juicing that I had heard of was in San Antonio with Amos um, from MJ's. And so, yeah, I'm excited that another, you know, the more we can, the more we can touch more people with, you know, not just products, but good products that, that are going to be, you know, for their wellness as well. I think it's great. So I'm excited. Hopefully we get to connect. I like the whole uh, wellness, you know, the whole wellness deal. I mean, yeah, this is a, 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 a panel on hemp lab testing and it could be boring and we could get all sciencey. But when we talk about the holistic side, and we talk about, you know, people's personal stories, what's led them here. You know, I really think it's, uh, you know, it's kind of, I don't know, it's just, it, you can see it moving forward. We don't have to convince each other this is a good thing here. You know, like we're all here for a different reason. Um, you know, I guess go, going back to you, Grace, uh, what, what issues do you see uh, coming up with, you know, like the technical side of the whole coronavirus thing? Like what, like we finally, we were joking around that we finally got Zoom figured out. Yeah. What technology should the industry be looking forward to get better at or communication? Is there any, you know, streamlined ideas you have on how we could communicate better or how it could be more efficient? Well, there are, there's, I know there's a lot of different, there's a lot of different groups putting up, but one that I'll endorse Cynthia, but allow me too, is just getting involved with people who are, you're just finding your cohort of people that, um, that are like, you know, they do care. And like, yeah, they're, when it comes to streamlining my different ideas, it's just like, if I getting those groups, find your groups, but also understanding, you know, just my holistic approach that I've been approaching a little bit is like, you know, like what skill sets complement and like how to, you know, recognizing that that's how you build from there. Um, when it comes to COVID, the, the number one thing that I realized, which I know at the very beginning, there were a lot of issues regarding like technology and like getting your website being shut down for a lot of different reasons. 
but this way, but here it kind of forced people one to get one, get a good website. Like just even mm -hmm. when it comes to just you, like if, if you have a brand, just understanding, like, even if it's a one page, like using that, I can go into so much nerdy detail about that, but I won't, but doing that. And then two, understanding like what your customer experience is on, like, online and making things shareable and really understanding like it's consumer first. Like if you want to compete, no matter if you're marketing and SEO and ASO, whatever, whatever it is, even like on social media, like there's a lot of noise out there. And if you're not taking care of your customers with your messaging and like how you lay out your data, like, is this shareable? Then are you like, it's kind of like time to reevaluate a few things. So that's a few of the things that I've, I've seen at least people struggle in the beginning when it comes to, uh, when it comes to streamlining, there are the issues that are coming up, but the best thing when it comes to, at least with bait, with it, when it comes to payment processing and websites too, the best thing that I've seen come out of COVID-19 is people bring up and be more vocal about the banking issue, which we've all had issues with. Like we all, we all get it, but also understanding like how integral that is to getting people people their medicine and with curbside pickup and then just like again that just that consumer adoption because if we don't have that what are we all here for like we don't then we don't need a lab then we don't need these products if our consumers aren't you know don't even know about them so mm -hmm. if you know it's it's making that those transitions easy and like terrifying <clears throat> so really it's just talking Good. I appreciate, I appreciate that answer grace anybody have a follow-up with her on that because we did get a question from the facebook yeah, no, I tot I totally agree, especially, you know, our in our end where everything was in person, facing events, experiences, you know, in in all of that, that was completely shut down. So if you're not innovative and try to think of other ways, you know, and, and outside the box and collaborate, that was a huge thing, you know. Grace really helped us. I'm gonna give you a shout out because you helped us a lot with our website. You were like, mm, you know consumers remember they're the ones that are important and which is true you know we are trying to educate a little bit of everyone but making it easy for people is the number one thing and clear too so that really you know that helped it everybody yeah. out right now well yeah we forget too that you know jake mentioned being like a five tool player in different areas knowing a little i think that's good to communicate cross yeah. uh cross different stuff but also you know these things are really confusing i mean we're yeah. talking about brokering hemp deals i mean it sounds like a drug deal i mean if you don't if you don't turn this down to an eighth grade reading level your right. people aren't consumers aren't going to understand i mean they yep. don't i mean when chris was talking it was literally like a ted talk uh and shout out chris for being on a, a the dallas ted talk talking about everything you know we could pull that up in the files chris is a ted talk speaker uh we did have a question um from our girl leah uh top dog down there is lumen in grocery stores anywhere Yes. So we are in, as of yesterday, uh, 80 grocery stores. Um, and it's we're the majority of our stores are Whole Foods. Unfortunately, in Whole Foods, you can't sell CBD products yet. And so we did create a wellness shot uh, version of our existing line with hemp seed oil instead. And unlike some other companies that have decided to just switch CBD out with hemp seed oil milligram for milligram, that doesn't really make sense because hemp seed oil, it's essentially just omega fatty acids. So to have an efficacious amount, you have to have a lot more. So if you're ever in Southern California at a Whole Foods, you can find our hemp seed oil line, what we call the hemp omega line. Uh, and that's really delicious too. So yeah, about 80 grocery stores. 
Um, 70 of them are in California and 10 of them are up in the Pacific Northwest kind of Seattle, uh, Portland area. That's pretty, that's pretty exciting, Chris. Hopefully, I mean, we need to get you some more, uh, Texas accounts to get you a reason to, to, to start plugging these Dallas, uh, organizations. You know, we got to figure that out. We do have a question from Captain Cannabis. Uh, you know, what are some, uh, ingenious or just really brilliant ways the average hemp consumer can help speeding up adoption, you know, help speeding up adoption to these things. Maybe like asking, you know, where's the CBD or, you know, if, if Whole Foods got, um, you know, if, if Whole Foods got threatened to be canceled, if they didn't have CBD on their shelves right now, that'd probably happen pretty fast. You know, what are some ways that we can speed up adoption for CBD products? Talking to your immediate, you know, your immediate circle. We forget that our friends don't even know about this, guys. <laughs> you know, we, we're so involved with a lot of people within the industry that I feel we forget that our own families don't know about it. Our friends don't know about it. And it really just starts from there because it's, you know, you're creating that zone of comfort. And then the second thing would be, okay, ask for it, you know, talk to your doctor, talk to Whole Foods, ask, you know, if enough word comes around, people will notice. That's good. Kind of bringing Jake in here. I want to ask about the farm lab family, but I also want to talk about this adoption because you just, you know, having your facility that close to city hall is actually kind of uh, some good symbolism here. What advice could you get to business owners approaching their local governments, you know, about these things, you know, what, what, I mean, other than just having, um, you know, steel balls, I guess you could say, I don't know, you know, what's the best thing you could do? I think uh, the best thing you can do is, is have a plan. Um, if, if you are going to take that step, which we thought it was uh, important, um, you can probably try to hide, if you will, or, or kind of skate by and not do all things on the up and up. But we just thought that if we're going to uh, you know, reside somewhere in, in a county in, in the Dallas area, whether it's Dallas proper or Irving or wherever we ended up, we were going to form some sort of relationship with uh you know with 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 the with the government that mandates those regulations and ma mandates that area so we we made some appointments uh we quickly got accepted and and had these meetings we talked to them and the first things they asked were do you, some things that hemp tours and and in higher ed even takes care of do you have um, your taxes in place? Are you insured? I mean, let's make sure you're a, a realistic business going in across the street and not just chasing this hemp industry. What exactly are your plans? And they asked kind of for a blue, a blueprint, not necessarily a business plan, not to look at our numbers, but what do you, do you, do you intend to stay long? What kind of customers will you be bringing into the area? So we needed to kind of have all of our ducks in a row, but it proved to be so beneficial because now they support us um, it's, it's not like they're advertising for us or anything, but if there are some residents that are scratching their head, we have the, uh, uh, you know, the, the support behind us of, of, you know, the mayor of farmers branch. So I would recommend to those out there to, you know, grab the bull by the horns and go talk to the local politicians, go talk to those that can, uh, so help and support you and, and, you know, incorporate you and do whatever things are necessary. So. That's what we did, and it, and it proved to be beneficial. Um, they were kind of a big part of us making residents in Farmer's Branch was their willingness to be welcome to it. 
Uh, there were some surrounding counties in the Dallas Metroplex that were making it a little more difficult. Um, so this just made the most sense and we're very happy to be here, so. To add to that, one thing to be careful of for everyone in Texas, just happened in your our, our neighboring state, Louisiana, they just banned uh, CBD food and beverage. And that comes down from the FDA. Uh, the FDA says you can't be putting CBD in the food and beverage right now. Uh, it's kind of a hogwash argument because CBD has been in food ever since hemp seed oil has been used as evidence going back to the early 1900s of CBD in food. So it's a bigger issue. I think it's something to be aware of in our state. Local politics, you have much more control over than national politics. And so I think it's important for all Texas advocacy groups to be on the lookout because if Texas tries to come in and ban hemp based food and beverage with CBD in it, that's obviously going to be a huge toll on the economic impact this industry could have. Uh, on a federal level, on that note as well, I think it's important for people to be aware that CBD, according to the FDA, is banned in food and beverage. And that's something that does need to change in the long run. Um, I don't know if I call, call this a conspiracy, but I'm pretty sure it has something to do with the big pharma companies that have uh, rights on CBD and medicine that have banned it in food and beverage so that everyday consumer can have easy access to it in a consumable form. So smokable hemp. Iowa just banned that. I think Louisiana just did too. So it's just, and that now that it's around, it's like, okay, it's open. The government's going to try to ratchet down whenever they get complaints or lobbying money, whatever. And so it's really important to be aware of when the government is trying to ratchet down for whatever reason. The local fire, hold, hold them accountable. Stay, uh, stay vigilant. You know, and one thing for people that's like, well, I don't consume my CBD and food, so I don't care, but you're an environmentalist. We have to have these economic engines, the food, the beverage, the tinctures, the medicine to fund and, and fuel the idea of hemp paper, hemp plastic. You know, these markets aren't just going to create themselves. So I know I try to push on the industrial side. Sometimes we have to support the full side of the plant. We have to support all the markets, you know, uh, in order to make this happen. Jake, you mentioned, um, you know, uh, the, the city wasn't exactly endorsing y'all. I'm going to say endorsing y'all yet because I saw a pretty interesting article talking about hemp or cannabis uh, municipal bonds, knowing how much revenue or how much taxes they could generate, like uh, banking on a year over year, banking on that revenue being brought in and being able to release that money out. So it's interesting because if cities in, in other states start doing bonds tied to this market, I mean, shoot, they might be out there uh, endorsing y'all because they need that tax revenue. I mean, our cities are having issues. It's a real deal. I tell you what, in our second um, sitting with the, the mayor and some of his, uh, you know, uh, uh, panel, if you will, or some of his uh, co-workers, they asked about what our opinions are, where the industry can go, because in Farmer's Branch, it's a beautiful uh, just suburb just north of Dallas, Texas, and um, it's got room for some facelifts, if you will. And that was one thing they asked was, where do you see this going? And they asked our farm labs partners out of California, like what has this industry done to counties and, and cities? And we quickly let them know that labs are kind of ground zero or you know the, the first one to come and farmers from the outset will then you know be looking for processors, uh, you know, extraction groups, so retailers, all sorts of things. And they thought, okay, so there, there's, there's a bigger play here for the city of Farmers Branch than just hosting a lab. Um, there are some spaces available that are industrial that we could easily see uh, turn into 
you know, high volume processing, drying facilities, manufacturing, whatever it may be. So they've got, they've got a pulse. They check in monthly just to see uh, how things are going and kind of monitoring the industry through us, if that makes sense. Um, so it came up. Um, we wanted to get all of our approvals in place, but it definitely got uh, the mayor and his office thinking about where this industry could go and how it could benefit their, uh, their small, you know, county up here. So, I mean, that's huge. That's really huge. Does anybody have any follow-ups with Jake on that? I mean, that's crazy. Cynthia, you said it starts by talking to your family. I mean, and then at a higher level, it starts by talking to your mayor. I mean, this is interesting. Yeah. Anybody have a follow-up for Jake on that? Rural counties are a pro-hemp. They're pro-farmers, so they're pro-hemp. Uh, when we were setting up under the Texas Compassionate Use Program as an applicant down in Guadalupe County, uh, county commissioners, county sheriff, uh, yeah. <laughs> essentially, as long as there's no weed, as there's no, if there's no THC cannabis, they're completely on board. Uh, if it's helping people and it's stimulating the economy, just a conversation that people trust who they know in person uh, and that they can text or call at a moment's notice. So it's really just putting your neck out there like Jake has done and just introducing yourself. I mean, it's, it's really important. There's one, I, I, we did get another Facebook question, but there's one example and I need to look more into it. But I believe there was a farmer in um, maybe it was Wyoming up, or, or Idaho recently that just got raided by the, I think, N NCI. I don't, I don't know exactly who raided them, but it was their, their hemp farmers, and they were part of the lobby to get it approved in their state, and they got arrested for 0.06% THC hemp. And, uh, you know, when it comes down to that small of a percentage, you've really got to be serious about your lab testing, especially if you're local da or your local i mean you're hearing jake talk about talking to your city you're hearing chris talk about how to approach your rural folks you know if you are operating in this space and you don't run it through your folks first or you don't at least check the temperature you could end up like those folks in wyoming um like literally for the folks at home google it it's 0.06 percent arrested the entire industry is about to backlash on them because it's complete it's a complete waste it's a complete waste <clears throat> of government resources but that's a different conversation um you know, it's, it's important. These, these, these numbers matter. Um, you know, we could have policy debates and, and uh, policy stuff for later, but I want to make that point because if you aren't in that legal threshold and you don't pay attention and you don't talk to the powers that be, you know, if you say, oh, I don't need to talk to them, it's legal, you could end up in a really sad and unfortunate situation. Um, did anybody hear about that story that wants to elaborate more? No, it's rough. I, I've, I've yet, I've yet to, to hear about it, but I will read up on it. Um, but to follow up that, you know, if you don't have the time, definitely get legal counsel. That's mm -hmm. one of the biggest things that we've been advocating as well. It's like, if you're not going to take the time to really, you know, talk and, and learn this for yourself, then at least get legal counsel. And there are so many great um, cannabis lawyers in Texas. So I think we, you know, there's a lot of great people here that are willing to help. Well, it goes, uh, it goes along with a uh, critical infrastructure is like I, I've tried talking about, you know, everybody's in hemp and they're saying, well, what do you do? What do you do? I mean, are you a part of the critical infrastructure? Or are you not? Do you have a product or service? Do you do something with the plant? Do you farm it? Do you test it? Do you, do you manufacture it? And I think pointing at the critical infrastructure, you know, working within what's already there, you don't have to recreate these things. That's a great point, Cynthia. You could work with a law firm, you know, stand, stand on shoulders. I forgot exactly what the quote is, but if you're a giant, you're sitting on people's shoulders. I mean, you have labs, you have a science partner at farm labs. You have many different attorneys, depending on what city you're in. 
you know, you can do this above board. You don't have to, this is not an in the dark industry right now. There are certain gray areas that are still operating and that people are exploiting or, you know, using, you know, or, you know, just deciphering it however they need, you know, everybody's deciphering what they think the, the, the law would be. We have one more question, then we're going to wrap up with everybody, you know, Dalton, a- I got one thing to say about I, one thing to say exactly on what you said is yeah. lawyers, uh, partners, servicing, all these things. It's, I believe Texas and, you know, there may be some different experiences outside of Texas, but right now kind of going back to what I said on the very first part of this call was, yes, you may be hiring a lawyer or yes, you may be going into partnership with someone you know, but everyone that we've encountered that is a good guy want you to be successful. So it's not like you're just hiring them to do a service. They want to kind of partner with you in the incubation phase of where Texas is right now. Everybody wants to see this work. So it's not easy to find people, but it's, 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 it promotes finding the right people that want to help. I mean, yeah, I, I think so. Reach point. out to those people. Look for those that have experience because they want you to be successful. I or mean, it's, I, I love how you said that, especially as an official uh, hemp science partner. You know, I love how y'all are saying science partners because it's true. You know, we're not science people. If you want to be a farmer, you probably don't know half the stuff Chris was talking about, you know, but you have to learn. You got to learn through it and, and, and learn through these things, um, you know, from like the soil, soil perspective. Um, dang. I just kind of, I lost my train of thought. I wanted to ask you another thing about the city, but there was a question. I think Cynthia, I think Cynthia might be able to answer this because this is so ambiguous, but how many consumable hemp manufacturers do you think will pop up in Texas in the next two years? You know, there's no data that could prove this either way. Just give it a fun shot. No, um, I would say a lot because depending on the, you know, if we're going by DSHS rules, with manufacturing, then, you know, it's, it's fairly easy to, to get that set up. And there are a lot of people that are already manufacturing. So I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if it gets in the hundreds in Texas, you know, hundreds. Yeah. Hundreds. I, uh, I, I remember now what I was going to say to you, Jake, when you said it was kind of an incubation with these government, like certain, I mean, there's other city governments that are naturally going to be jealous or envious of what you guys got going on. And there's other, you know, there's other attorneys or there's other CPAs. When everybody's successful, it's like the old quote, the, the rising tide floats all the boats. I mean, we need more clients. We need more, you know, everybody needs more to make the whole thing float. And uh, I think it is, it is crazy because when you hire a lawyer, you're right. You're not just hiring them for the hour. They are genuinely, in, there's not a cannabis attorney or hemp attorney in Texas. And we yeah. know a lot of them that doesn't have your best interest and that's so that's so unique if you're a real estate investor and you're hiring a real estate attorney they don't care they're they're in for the hour they're in for the hour unless they're in on the unless they're in on the equity you know these attorneys are going to sit down i mean i've had a couple just laugh at us and some of the things we've done but it's all it's all in good fun it's like yo we got to be more serious we got to do this you know the industry is at stake here you know so they really will go to war for you Right. Um, you specific. And I mean, we all go to, go to war, go to war for each other. Maybe war is too much of a, you know, that's too, that's too worse of an adjective, but this is a fight. You know, you just heard Chris talk about the government trying to ban CBD in 2018. I mean, not maybe a lot of people might not even remember that Texas tried like ending it. They said, what are y'all talking about? This isn't a thing. And then you had, thank goodness, at least small grassroots advocacy groups make a difference. Uh, we're closing up on the rapid time. Y'all got me hyped up talking about these things. Um, you know, maybe we can start uh, with um, Chris and I don't know how it looks on everybody else's screen. Maybe just a closing, you know, 45 second minute deal, where to find you, 
you know, what, what your next steps are and uh, just maybe something to take away, starting with you, Chris. Sure. Thanks so much for the time. Uh, Dalton, thanks for organizing the event. Jake, thanks for leading the way in Texas and Cynthia and Grace. Uh, hope to connect with you guys later. Um, one thing I would say is this is a younger mind thinking, so this is top of mind for people of my generation and for a lot of generations. Um, hemp has the power to reverse climate change. Uh, that's a controversial statement. If you want to know more about it, email me, kris at drinklumen.com. Has to do with the farming, has to do with a whole bunch related to it. So if that at all interests you, uh, email me, and that's what I'm going to close with. So thank you for your time. Uh, if you want to check us out at drinklumen on Instagram. I think uh, I think we're gonna have to hit you up for a regenerative agriculture panel here soon, Chris. But that's behind the scenes. Uh, we appreciate your time, man. What about you, Grace? Can you give us uh, Can you give us some talking points? Yeah. So again, thank you so much again, everyone, for being here. Jake, Dalton, Chris, Cynthia. Um, you can find me at the Texas CBD blog. Google it. It's it's there. But I'm active on Instagram, LinkedIn, everywhere. I talk about hemp technology. Anything and like anything regarding the internet, just connecting communication-wise. I like a lot of back-end stuff, not a lot of front-end. But um, just in general, when it comes to cannabis, it's all about you know just that authenticity, the authenticness going in. Because I completely agree with Chris. I truly believe that cannabis has is is changing the world, and us standing together as a group and kind of pioneer not pioneering because there's a lot of work that that has been done before us and that should not be forgotten those people who are in jail for you know having an ounce of weed on them it it's one not forgetting that but like two also you know this does have the power to change and reverse systems and as long as we're taking care of that like we are going this is a monumental mark in history not just in texas the world and i'm excited to be a part of it the agriculture revolution, we got to have it. I mean, for people thinking we're just hemp folks having fun out here, like this, this future of the world most certainly depends on, on on subgroups like this. You know, some of the stuff Chris will talk about with regenerative agriculture, everything. I mean, our entire way of life has to fundamentally change and hemp can be a big spearhead in that. Cynthia, what about you? And then we'll close it out with Jake. Uh, yeah, you know, thanks again for everyone. It's, it was a pleasure listening to everybody's stories and catching up and hopefully, you know, yes, Chris will connect and Jake will be connected. And of course, Grace, see you soon. <laughs> but I, yes, yes, definitely. Um, I think the biggest thing is for sure, we believe that this is something bigger than just Austin, Texas, the US. Uh, we've been in several webinars and groups uh, internationally, and we're seeing the trend as well. You know, we're really trying to stay connected to a little bit of outside of the US. You know, there's a lot of products right now that we can't get here. So we have to go outside and get it. And uh, me coming from an international background with my other job, uh, definitely is something that's a lot easier to see. Uh, we're trying to be that connection with a lot of people. So if anybody out there is interested in being a part of Hemp Tours, whether, you know, partnering with us or trying to see how you can help, where it is locally um, to up to a global scale, we do talk to a lot of people all over. So, um, so yeah, we have our website at Higher Ed Hemp Tours and of course our Instagram. Um, I'm personally running it right now. So just Usually I'll, I'll try to answer within, you know, that couple of hours. So hemp tours, it's cool. Yeah. It. What about you, Jake? Any, any takeaways from today or? Oh, I, yeah. 
lots of takeaways. Absolutely. Dalton, great job with all this. The panel blew me away as it always does. Uh, Chris, uh, Cynthia, Grace, thank you all for joining. Um, for me to close with Farm Labs is we are excited to get started. Um, our timing is great with most farmers getting, getting their seasons underway. Uh, we've started to connect with a lot of CBD brands, some local um, here around Dallas, some a little bit further out and some even um, in different states. So we're learning the ropes quickly. Uh, we have done a lot of work to get where we are. And as those of you on the panel know, work isn't easy. Business is not easy. It doesn't just fall in your lap. We love the space that we're in. Um, the team that I built, John sitting here next to me along with the Farm Labs team, we're ready for all of the bottlenecks as you referred to them earlier and all the difficulties that lies ahead with the Texas farmers and Texas CBD brands and things. We have experience, but we are excited to get started and 2020, 2020 alone outside of the hemp industry is quite the year to remember. But um, I think this is, we're off to a great start. We're gonna see some good things. And I, I, I believe me not included, this panel uh, just really represents the strength of those people that are in this industry and, and bringing just immense knowledge and, and phenomenal professionalism to this space. So excited to be a part of it all. And, you know, thanks for setting this up. Farm Labs, texasfarmlabs.com. You can reach me at jake at texasfarmlabs.com. We are running a promotion right now for a free potency test if you simply sign up and register and create an account. So uh, hit Dalton, contact me, jake at texasfarmlabs.com. We'll get it all set up. But thank you, everyone, for your time and your, your contributions to the panel. That was, great. that was great, Jake. We appreciate you leading the way. We appreciate all the ancillary businesses. Farm Labs yeah. is the Dallas premier ISO accredited hemp testing facility. Always accurate, affordable, and fast, uh, and, and great analysis. So we appreciate everybody's time. Um, you know, let's make it happen. Let's get let's get something going with this panel outside. I'm sure there's other ways we can support each other. So appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, this will be on YouTube here in a few days if, if you want to rewatch some of it. And uh, everybody have a great weekend. Have a, have a great Farm Lab Friday. Thanks, everybody. I'll Thanks. Be Thanks.